hear the whispers from within Battles to restore, ailings to relieve Feel the nature keeping us, nature healing us Flowers, leaves and rose within Hear the mind calming you, soothing you Love and kindness inside out Let the herbs from middle world feel Welcome wellness, welcome wellness It's revealed herbs, middle world herbs where we talk about restoring and maintaining your health in safe and natural ways while incorporating both the physical and emotional sides of healing. We go live twice a week on, or right now we go live Fridays at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and we talk about a different aspect of health every single time. In today's episode, we're gonna focus on mobility and joint health. We're gonna talk with an expert about the causes of joint inflammation, swelling, pain, stiffness, if those are things you experience, you are in for the right show. We're also gonna talk about gout, arthritis, and the secrets to aging without joint pain. My name is Deanne and I am your host today. I'm here with our very special guest, Dr. Jackie Leone, a naturopathic medical doctor, board certified holistic nutritionist, and psychology enthusiast. So Dr. Jackie, welcome, it's great to see you. And thanks for joining us on today's episode of Inflammation and Mobility. So we want to just give a little background yeah, of like yourself and maybe anything that like you're excited about with this topic. That'd be great. Yes, I would love that. Uh, so when I was thinking about joints, joint health in general, it kind of took me back to my early practice days when I started this new injection therapy called prolotherapy, um, another injection therapy called PRP therapy. And it's essentially you're injecting either nutrients or specific healing cells into a joint that's been degraded. And it was kind of a little fringe. Uh, science was kind of new, open to it. It had been used in athletes, but could it be used as a regular thing for people with joint problems and to rebuild joints? Um, and we're gonna talk about cartilage and tendons and things like that a little bit later. But what I found was it is an incredibly profound healing tool. And when I was reading up on um, joints and some of the stuff we're gonna be talking about today, it really kind of reignited an interest in the um, joint injection therapy, but even more so into, I've been kind of getting an achy thumb joint and realizing that, you know, I need to start taking stuff and doing more things because arthritis and all that joint stuff starts now, you know, late thirties, early forties. So um, anyhow, I just think that joints are very important it has a lot to do with uh, our physical health and when we're in pain, our mental and emotional health. So I am very familiar with joints, most joints. Um, and I'm just really excited today because I think it's so common and so many people suffer from it. So, you know, what can we do to help? And I think the first line of defense is always information and education. So here we are. So when I thought about joints and practicing and all that good stuff, that's what I thought of. So there you go. All right. Sounds good. Yes. Um, well, before we get started, I do want to introduce everyone to the two amazing joint support supplements that we have from Middle World Herbs. One of them is actually quite surprising. So we do have the joint support. That's not the surprising one. And then the other one is going to be our uric acid detox. So for those of you who fight joint inflammation, Middle World Immune Support with Quercetin is also something to put on your radar 
for supporting your joints. And before we dive in, let's understand a little more about joints. So Dr. Jackie, what can cause that stiffness in joints? Oh, um, it's honestly so many different things. I mean, so many different causes, I should say, and causes that essentially just lead to joint inflammation. They all have joint inflammation in common. That's why joints get painful. They get stiff. Uh, they're more easily injured, right? Is because of inflammation. Now, what causes the infl inflammation, pardon me, is always unique to the person. The most common things that I would see in practice are injury and autoimmune disorder. So autoimmune is like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, which are very highly linked to joint pain. And it's where the immune system is attacking itself, specifically the joints. Um, but outside of that, it's usually some sort of injury, whether it is overuse, wear and tear, if you have the same job motion, let's say for 40 years, um, if you just tweaked it in an acute injury, like at the gym or hiking or doing something physical, physically exerting, um, you know, those are the most common reasons why we get stiff joints. And so we really want to a a address the underlying cause of the inflammation the best that we can, because if I'm thinking that it's just wear and tear, but I'm, I actually have an autoimmune disorder. I could be doing things and taking things that are triggering my immune system and making the joints worse. So we really want to understand the underlying cause to the inflammation. But at the end of the day, inflammation is the culprit for stiff joints. Okay. Yes. And when you were speaking earlier, you had said your thumb, I think you said your thumb was starting to give you a problem mm -hmm. and it just like triggered in my head. There's a thing called mom's thumb and it's like, and I had it one time and it's from literally like repeated, like constantly picking up your baby yes. and like your thumb hurts and it's real and then it goes away. Um, but actually I knew, I know other moms that like had to wear like a little brace and stuff. And so it's yeah, very a little thumb common. brace into the wrist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so I never tied that to joints. I don't know why I never even thought that it had to do with the joint. I just figured it was like this weird, like thing with your thumb, but yeah. So like, I think a lot of us experience this without even like realizing how important it is and just, yeah, the repeat motion. So totally what caused, what do you think caused your thumb issue? Um, I think mine's a multitude of things. Um, I do, uh, a lot of body work and so on, on patients and clients and things like that. And so repeated motions, um, of certain mm -hmm. body work and trigger point release. Uh, I also think just playing sports my whole life and having it dislocated a couple times, um, just paired with, I recently started learning how to play tennis and I think gripping the racket kind of adds to it. It's kind of just like this aggregate thing where everything oh, is adding to it, I think. And, you know, um, I just don't want it to get to the point of where my immune system is attacking my, my thumb joint, you know, or I get rid of all the cartilage in there, which is the other kind of arthritis, osteoarthritis. So, you know, I'm just, I think it's the overuse thing, you know, maybe I have mom thumb, but from other reasons. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Uh, you I have do. a mom like thumb. Um, mom like thumb. Mom like yeah, thumb. Yeah. I mean, it's so true. <laughs> we don't pay attention to our habitual patterns. Do you pay attention to the way you brush your teeth every day? I mean, that's like, no. you know, four to eight minutes of your day. Every day you're in that position. You're using your wrist the same way. You're using your fingers the same way. You know, how often are you using your right hand over your left hand? By the time you're 50, your right handedness is going to potentially cause some sort of rotation or lean in the shoulder or, and or thoracic. So like, 
you know, if we're not constantly shifting to make everything balanced and bilateral, it very easily joints get, um, you know, all kinds of thrown off. Yes, absolutely. We got um, a couple people jumping on. Abby's ready for another awesome show. Sweet. <laughs> and then Eva says, um, not long ago, she was dealing with a frozen shoulder, which that sounds really tough. After two years, it finally resolved. Wow, Eva. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I'm glad it resolved. And yeah, even like, this is so embarrassing to say, but I've had where you like, <laughs> you're so hardcore scrolling your phone that like your thumb starts hurting. So uh, <laughs> that's a intense phone session of Instagramming or whatever. But yeah, it's like that yeah. repeated motion, repeating, you're using the same hand. I'm not switching hands. So exactly. Yeah. And that's what will do think it's it, something you know? Exactly. We need to really do that check-in. Like, how's my body feeling? Oh, this is more achy. I must've been flexing or extending it more than the other. Can I rely on that other one to pick up the slack? Do I need a break? Do I need to stretch it? So I just think a lot of people, we live in our heads and we don't take that moment to drop down into our bodies and do kind of a body scan, even for five minutes, just to check what is talking to us, what, what kind of needs our help or, or needs a break. Um, and because we don't do that over time, our body tries to keep up the best it can, but then you know, that's when things like inflammatory diseases, like arthritis and stuff start, you know, and then by that time, the, you know, the symptoms and, and the discomfort can be so severe that we can't really do a whole lot to go back in time. We can prevent it from getting worse though, which is great. So that's why I really love the whispers that, you know, I know it's not exactly the same, but I think that there's something to be said for the whispers because, you know, our body tries to whisper issues to us over time and then it's going to scream. Right. Um, so I know it's a different intention, but I just like that the supplement has whispers too. I just yeah, think that that's so that cool. makes some of the most sense. profound things can come in the form of a whisper, you know? So mm -hmm. like that little, the, so we really need to take preventative measures basically. So what yeah. are some of the things that can help the stiff joints? Great, great question. So I think it just depends on what the root causes. So if you have like an autoimmune disorder, obviously getting that addressed and addressing that underlying cause, supporting the immune system, potentially getting on auto, um, you know, immune medications, if that's helpful for you, there are definitely supplements out there, um, with gout, which is, you know, another thing that can cause joint stiffness and pain, uh, uric acid crystals are forming in the joints. And so anything to kind of clear the body of uric acid, that's, you know, addressing gout at its root cause. Um, if we have overuse wear and tear or things like osteoarthritis, which is a wear and tear condition. Um, so rheumatoid versus osteoarthritis is, what's the difference? The rheumatoid is the autoimmune. So that's how the cells are functioning. Rheumatoid means the, the uh, immune system is attacking the joint. Osteo means bone arthritis. And that's where the soft cartilage between joints that prevents it from rubbing wears down so much that now the bones are grinding. Okay. And so one, the immune system is active and one is a highly inflammatory wear and tear. Um, so we're going to address different arthritis different ways, right? In terms of what can help, this is addressing autoimmune and this is helping soften the joint. Maybe we need to lose weight because there's so much weight on the joint. Maybe we need to get the joint injections I was talking about. Um, I know that that's helped me significantly and I've seen it help people. Um, supplementation, diet, taking the stress off the joint. These are ways to help the osteoarthritis. Um, now, if it's a nutrient deficiency, some people who have fatty acid deficiency, 
which helps lubricate joints, um, or vitamin D deficiency, which helps with bone integrity, um, they've been shown to have joint pain. So what if the whole issue, we don't have any of the other stuff, we're just not getting enough of a certain nutrient, then we need to seek professional care for somebody specialized in that, that can test for nutrient deficiencies, see if it's a dietary or supplement thing. So, you know, there's a lot of different reasons that cause a stiffness. So whatever your reason is, once you dig a little deeper, just make sure you find the right match in terms of care to address the root cause. Um, but those are just a few things, supplements, diet, movement, and addressing the underlying cause. That makes total sense. All right. Well, if yeah. anyone has any questions, throw them in the chat. I have a bunch. In fact, we're going to play a quick round of true or false. So everyone watching, feel free to play along. And let's see, Dr. Jackie, I know you know the answer. So let's see if you get 100%. <laughs> um, all right. So the first one is sugar can cause joint pain. True or false? What do you think? Well, I already played this game <laughs> last Tuesday, so um, I think I remember, well, you know what? I don't even know if I remember that one. I think it was, was it true? <laughs> Is it false? Eating on pins and needles. No, it's true. Of course I it's true. Clearly, so I wasn't paying attention to this one. I remember, I remember most of them. I'll probably get like 90% right. <laughs> I had you guessing. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so you kind of already know. Second guessing. Who's like watching or listening who may or may not know basically anything that causes inflammation is going to make joint pain worse and processed sugar white sugar bleach sugar um that's just very highly inflammatory to the body right so the more sugar we consume then we can safely assume that inflammation is happening um and exacerbating any other inflammatory processes happening maybe it's not joint pain for you maybe it's headaches maybe it's stomach stuff uh, but sugar just across the board is going to increase inflammation. So yeah, it definitely increases pain and stiffness in people who have joint problems. So stay away from the sugar. It's sugar's a pain in the joint. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I had a professor say that once. Kind of do April yeah. Fools on me. All right. So yeah. the next one is um, all joints in the body are movable. True or false? And I remember this one is false because there's one like in your head right yes ma'am so i'm like an expert have, now <laughs> yeah you, well you might as well be um <laughs> so those are called sutures in our skull yeah so we have what are called fontanelles or um, areas or gaps in our skull when we are fetuses and that's to allow for that pressure of the birth canal to allow the skull to pass through the birth canal um and then you know the head flexes back and then those spaces between the bones fuse and become what are called sutures, which are immovable joints. Because as adults, we don't have soft spots anymore, right? They close up. So um, that is a great example of a joint that won't move. There are two other uh, kinds, syndesmosis and gomphosis. Syndesmosis just means a non-movable fibrous joint. And it's where bones connect, like the tibia and the fib fibula in the leg. Um, they are technically considered a, a syndesmosis joint because the way that they articulate is through really, really tough, tight cartilage. Um, and then last but not least is gomphosis. And that sounds like to me, you're saying that with a mouthful of gum. Uh, so I, it, it, that's just how I remember it because it's teeth, right? It's a peg and socket kind of joint that doesn't really move. Um, unless, of course, you are under the age, you know, of 12, 13 and you lose some teeth. 
um, to get your primary set. But after that, they should not move. So those are three types of joints that don't move in the body. All right, good ones. All right, next one. Menopause can cause joint pain. True or false? Mm. True. True, no fun. <laughs> True, no fun indeed. Um, so estrogen is the major female hormone that, you know, that we associate with anyway. Um, and estrogen is just produced significantly higher amounts before menopause. And one of the roles of estrogen for us, you know, women is to lower inflammation. Um, and there's a kind, a few different theories, but estrogen is so high during uh, procreative years to allow joints to expand like the pelvic, um, you know, girdle to expand and for the joints to sustain that extra weight during things like gestation, uh, pregnancy, birth, all of that to accommodate. Um, and then when we no longer need to procreate biologically, you know, God's gift is to take the estrogen away and so you don't need to stabilize, stabilize those joints as much anymore. So you're welcome for the joint pain and stiffness. Um, osteoarthritis is, is also more common uh, because estrogen helps with uh, different nutrients and um, bone density, you know, so that's also an issue there with less dense bones, pulling of tendons and ligaments and all that stuff that happens in joints um, can be more problematic because the bones aren't as strong. So yes, um, unfortunately, estrogen goes down in menopause, so joint inflammation goes up. Something to look forward to one day. All right. Hitting <laughs> the joint, joints apart hard. Um, all right. Well, only older people get arthritis. True or false? I'm going to say I think it was false because I believe even children, right? Isn't there like something with maybe immune systems? Yes. Yes. Good memory. Um, and so about 50% of arthritis is diagnosed in people 65 and over. So that's why it kind of has the rep that it has, that it's a, like an elderhood disease, if you will. Um, because mm -hmm. that's, you know, one in two cases is somebody 65 and older. Then about 30% of cases is going to be 45 to 64. So the 20 years before 65. Um, and then only about 7% of cases are younger than 45 and diagnosed. So it's a small percentage. But um, by no means is is arthritis only for, um, you know, only an elder disease or, or process that happens. Mm -hmm. So if you do get it or, um, you know, if it is basically diagnosed at a younger age or even in teenage years, most of the time, I would say very, very high prevalence is autoimmune disorder, like that um, rheumatoid arthritis that we talked about. And believe it or not, the cause isn't known. It's called JIA. JIA is its shorthand. It's junior uh, or juvenile, pardon me, idiopathic arthritis. And idiopathic mm -hmm. is the term in the medical community for nobody really knows. So anytime you hear the word an idiopathic disease or an idiopathic symptom, that's the medical term for we're really not sure. Um, and so that's built right in the name because we don't know what causes it. But for some reason, it can trigger uh, severe arthritis and people who are young and in an, another super unique, if they are diagnosed, they can, in a lot of times go into significant remission with almost no joint damage. Um, and there's no correlation to if you get it when you're young and you get it when you're elder, it's really, it's almost like this little freak thing that happens. And then most of them clear it, uh, not all of them, but, but most, you know, and so 
Um, JIA is pretty crazy when you think about it, but short answer no, it doesn't only afflict elderhood, but it is most prevalent for that age group. Yeah. All right. And then we have, um, dairy and gluten worsen the joint pain, true or false. And I'm going to just go with the obvious true, because you said anything that's inflammatory and those can definitely be. You're so smart. Yes, I you're absolutely correct. <laughs> Yeah, of course. So anything that's inflammatory, right? Now, now let's take, let's really, I might be a little, you know, controversial in these thoughts, but I really want to take a moment in this question because it's a really good question in not vilify dairy or gluten. Now I personally try to stay away from both. I'm, I'm more dairy, um, ex like exclude dairy more. And I do have gluten a little bit more than I, I would dairy, but dairy I'm pretty strict on um, because for me, I know how it affects my body. But I know a lot of people who can have one or the other or even both with little or even no reaction. So um, now that group is somewhat small compared to the people I know who do have a sensitivity to those things. So, you know, I think that it's more common to be sensitive than not, but I do want to say that I don't want to vilify these two substances. And I do think it has to do specifically with your biodiversity, right? It's your body and what's right for me might not be right for you. And what's right for you might not be right for your family members or partner or friends and so on and so forth. So part of what I do as a naturopath is really connecting to each person's unique biodiversity. So in general, I'm going to say to answer this question that they do add to it, right? Dairy in all cases has usually a lactose component, which is a sugar. Sugar causes inflammation. Um, gluten causes a lot of sensitivity, bowel disturbance in a high amount of people. Uh, celiac disease, which is like severe, not just gluten and sensitivity, but intolerance. You cannot tolerate any gluten. Um, is very common in people with rheumatoid arthritis and lupus, which are also joint problems. So those are linked. So there is a lot of connection here, but I do want to say, take it with a grain of salt. And if your body seems to do okay with certain aspects of either of that food group, then don't remove it. Um, only remove it if you have, you know, you notice a cause and effect. Um, you notice that those things are triggering. And then by all means, you know, definitely don't add insult to injury and try to remove them as often as possible. Um, but you know, people can tolerate that stuff. So sometimes when, when I talk about dairy or gluten, cause I don't follow it and I do think it's very pro-inflammatory. I also don't want to exclude people who can tolerate it and, you know, make them feel like they have to change an aspect of themselves. That isn't even a problem if that makes sense. So Short answer, yes, but not in all cases. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, those are good answers. We did get it. And if you guys are loving it, don't forget, you can always ask your own questions in the chat and don't forget to follow us. That'd be great. So one question that came in is how much salt is too much? So what about salt and joints? Is that, is there any sort of connection there? So salt and joints, just because salt makes you retain water. So anytime you're increasing the water content, um, in your extracellular fluid, meaning like between the cells, which is what causes edema and stuff. And when you get that puffy look or that water retention look, um, that's going to add stiffness to joints because it's going to swell, uh, the tissues around the joint. And when anything is space occupying, like it's just 
this is how a joint moves. Nothing's supposed to be there. And then all of a sudden we have stuff happening in its space. It's occupying the joint's space. The joint can't move as much because something's in its way. Um, even if it is soft tissue and something like uh, water retention from too much salt intake, that can definitely be problematic for joints. More than anything though, high sodium intake is just not great for blood pressure and the heart. Um, you know, and tendons and joints don't really get a lot of blood flow. And if you're messing with the heart and hypertension and stuff like that from salt intake, it's just going to make everything that needs good blood flow suffer, right? Because the heart's suffering and that's really the motor uh, of the circulatory system. So anyhow, that's a really good question though. Salt, salt water retention and joints. Yeah. All right. All right. Next question. Cartilage and tendons can grow back if torn or damaged, true or false, true or false. I don't know if I remember that one. I'm going to say, I think it was a true. Anybody else listening want to chime in? No. <laughs> <laughs> so the short answer is they can. Um, now it takes substantially longer and is significantly slower or slower and more difficult, I should say. Uh, for something like that to heal just because again, cartilage, tendons, ligaments. So real brief, cause I think that this is important insight for anyone listening and serious about wanting their joints to be better. Just a super quick anatomy to help you out. This is a bone. This is a bone. The thing that's in between the bone to prevent the bone from rubbing, right? If this were like this, that's cartilage. So the bones can move, the joint can move, and it's got this soft little cartilage in between, so they're not rubbing on themselves. Now, the bones have to stay connected to each other because of a joint. So what's gonna bind them together or connect them? That's a ligament. A ligament is just fibrous tissue that ties bone to bone. And then on top of this bone, now we need a muscle to insert on the bone to move the bone. Well, what inserts a muscle to a bone? That's a tendon. Okay, so we have the cartilage between, bone to bone is ligament, muscle to bone is tendon. And they're all very similar in their composition. They're all very fibrous, thick, tense, tensile. Um, you know, they don't get a lot of blood flow, not a lot of oxygen exchange. They're meant to be kind of tight because they're help, they help protect the joint and hold the bones and all of that tension together, right? All the weight, all the utilization, all the hinging, extending, flexing, all that stuff is those, those things are in control of. So they have to be kind of tight like that um, or built like that, I guess you, 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 could, you could say. So anyhow, when damage occurs to them, because wound healing happens where blood flow goes and there's not a lot there. So when they get damaged, it's so difficult to get them to heal. So you can, and that's why I did joint injections and things because it stimulates things in that area. That's why I highly believe in supplements for joint protection because it stimulates specific factors for joint protection and healing. Um, but if you, again, don't check in, don't do the body awareness thing, man, tiny little micro tears can turn into major issues and just chronic problems uh, that eventually turn into arthritis. So please pay attention to the whispers, not to be redundant, but Man, I worked on joints for so long in practice, Deanne. I please just love your joints, everyone. <laughs> they once they're gone, it can be a slow, slow, arduous move back. You know, I messed up my shoulder hiking Havasu Pie once. 
Um, and it took two and a half years uh, and a couple of injection therapies before I got, you know, 80, 90% mobility back and it still clicks a little bit some of the time. So, you know, joints are no joke. Yeah, no joke. Oh, I want to do that hike too. That place looks so pretty. Um, okay, so, cool. so if we the next. I, know, I don't want to hurt myself. Um, <laughs> I want to do where you hike, hike down, and then ride the donkey out. Right? I think they still offer that. Uh, okay, I got you one better. Hike in. Okay. Yeah. Enjoy the waterfalls, and then do the four-minute scenic helicopter ride out, so you get the birds. Yes, I would like that too. And then you don't have to worry about <laughs> riding like my husband. You know, those poor animals, they work so hard. And it's just, are they, know, are they overheated? It's sad. Yeah. Maybe oh, I'll yeah. do the helicopter. I'm down for that. I feel like my husband would like shame me and be like, really? You're jumping on a helicopter? <laughs> I'm like, peace. <laughs> at least just one way. On Maybe other. not both ways. Enjoy the hike at least one of the ways. Highly recommend. Oh, I would totally but enjoy the hike. Yeah, if you hike in and you're hiking every day you're there because from camp, it's every waterfall is at least a half to five miles away. So you're hiking mm -hmm. every day you're there to go see all the waterfalls. Some people, the last thing they want to do is hike out, you know, and that's hard because yeah. the last three miles are switchbacks, almost like straight up the mountain. So anyway, we could talk later, but um, yeah, no, it I just didn't protect cool. my joint very well, right? I overpacked my bag. I didn't stretch. I was a stressed out med student thinking I was taking a break, uh, which I was, but it was like, I was just tense. And so everything is tense yeah. and you know, I didn't do the right thing. So you'll be fine if you just prepare. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, I don't have a trip planned yet, but I would love to, I will definitely prepare if I do it and prepare by booking that helicopter right out. Yeah. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next question is, if we don't exercise much and we don't put a lot of wear and tear on our joints, are they going to last us longer? So that one, true or false, and I remember this very clearly, it is a false. You want to really be moving your joints. That's like the key. Movement yeah. is key. Yeah. Movement is key. It's called, uh, at least by physio friends, they say motion is lotion. Motion is lotion. Yes. So when we move, we're lubricating the joints, right? We're keeping them mobile. So there is kind of a sweet spot. It's called like the therapeutic dose when we talk about supplements and herbs. And I like to think of that when I think of exercising. So there's a special sweet spot in anything therapeutic where if you don't do enough, you don't see any results. But if you do too much, you can either have toxicity or you can have injury. And so you don't want to live, you know, in the outsides. You want to live right in that perfect little therapeutic window. And everybody's is slightly different for different substances and different lifestyle things like exercise, right? And then that tolerance changes over time. You're not going to lift the same weight six months into exercising as you are the first week of exercising because strength and joint integrity increase. So um, you want to just, as long as you stick in that window of pushing to and, you know, to any discomfort, challenging yourself in a healthy way, but don't push through it and cause injury. Um, because that, that can be problematic and add more to the wear and tear problems. Um, cause I often see like really old injuries, people coming in at 60 and saying, oh, you know, I tore it back in college ball or high school ball and it was fine until five years ago. And then they have major arthritis in that knee, um, because you know, they fell outside the window. So as long as you stick in the window, you're good to go. Okay. Yes. Very smart. Okay. So then the next one is as we age it's natural that at some point we're gonna have joint pains and aches true or false and i'm just gonna go with true like 
the older you get, it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's like relatively inevitable. Injury. Yeah, yeah, it's true, <laughs> you know, it's true. Um, I think just aging makes us more vulnerable for most things because our body no longer has the defenses and the cellular turnover to heal as quickly as we're causing damage. And that's just part of aging. So what we have to do um, as we're aging is do things to hopefully prevent the degradation, like paying attention to the body whispers, eating the healthy foods, taking the good supplements, um, and being able I'm to- Sorry, I'm laughing because I can, I can hear James over you. James, I hey, know. we can hear you better. James, hey, you want to mute? <laughs> That's okay. I'm like trying to start a movie he's, he's awesome. Jackie. He's having a full combo and I'm like, which conversation do I pay attention to? <laughs> It just like brought me back to my news anchoring days where we have this like IFV in our ear and like you'd be reading like the most serious news story and like something bad would be happening in the production room and they'd be just like cursing up a storm and I'd be like trying so hard to focus on my script while it's like F this and da and you're like oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if I could but, do that. That is That was really, that was like a you. challenge and then when he was talking yes. I was like woo. I even focus on what you're saying okay so try again so that's that i seriously my hat goes off to you because that's a big deal i get very like auditory distracted like it's very easy for me so the fact that you were able to do that is amazing to me i'm impressed um so back to oh yeah so as we age so it's kind of inevitable but we can do stuff to soften the blow right so as you age it's just inevitable muscles get tighter tendons and ligaments get less flexible um, stuff takes longer to heal just because that's the nature of aging. So again, if you're doing all of the right things through the aging process before, during, um, you know, the aging process, then you can soften the blow, right? It, you can make joint pain. Maybe had you never done anything, it could be an eight out of 10 really impacting your quality of life where if you take, you know, the time, uh, dietarily supplements, um, exercise and movement, therapeutics, all that good stuff, stretching, massage, you will definitely probably stop some joint stiffness, but it's something like a one or a two out of 10 it's present, but it doesn't negatively impact your quality of life in your elder years when you should be enjoying yourself, you know? Um, so I think that's probably a big issue too. I see is people wait until their elderhood to get help. And sometimes mm -hmm. it's a little, you know, it's too late. Uh, we can do some stuff, but we can't move the needle. If you came in even five years before, even last year when it started, you know, why'd you wait a whole year to come see me? So every day we wait on something like this is a day that we miss where we could definitely address the issue and get the help that we need. Okay. Yes, that's that. smart. So <laughs> that. Yeah. And you had mentioned so massage. Does that really help yeah. with the joints? Okay. I'm a big fan of that. For, so for me personally, yeah. I mean, so there are very different types of massage, of course. Come on, let's be honest. Um, so, and this is no, I love massage therapists. Please keep doing what you're doing. God made you for a reason. Like <laughs> you are a gift. Um, but I think that's something like the Swedish massage, which kind of stays on the surface muscles and doesn't really work at a deeper functional level, um, is great for relaxation. And anytime you can relax, and get your nervous system to shift to rest and digest from like our fight or flight stress, um, that's gonna induce healing, right? So maybe that doesn't work on the actual joint itself, but it relaxes us, which, you know, indirectly helps the joint 
right? Clear inflammation and stuff. Um, but then you have actual things like rolfing and structural integration, a therapeutic sports stretching, a myofascial release. So those are all fancy words for really getting into the joint capsule and doing like manual movements um, Mm -hmm. on, on you, like you're just kind of sitting here and they're, they're literally on the origin and attachment of these muscles and tendons and ligaments around this joint. And then just moving and breaking apart any and all fibrosis and scar tissue and really helping send good inflammatory markers to the joint to, you know, increase healing and stuff like that. So inflammation isn't always bad. Um, it's just when it's too fast for the body to clear or address, that's when it starts to degrade. But without inflammatory markers, our body wouldn't know where we need to heal. So a little bit of intentional inflammation with something like therapeutics like that is going to be very helpful long-term because that's how your body knows what to clean up and what to sweep up. It just can't clean up 12, you know, 10 out of 10 red inflammation here. It can't do, it can't keep up with all that. But if we're generally eating well, we have a healthy lifestyle and then we have some joint issues if we do those therapeutics like that, um, then the brain will say, oh, hey, we need to really address this guy. And then there's only like one foghorn in the body instead of 10 going on, if that makes sense. So I highly recommend body work. Highly recommend body work for sure. Awesome. You don't have to convince me. I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) Although even the ones where it does hurt, like it hurts so bad, but then afterwards it feels so good. Yes. Yes. So you get it. So have you gotten like intense structural work done? Like. I don't know that I've gotten like the hardcore stuff, but I always, and I don't know how to say this without sounding like wrong, but, um, like Asian style massage is like, they yes, go deep and yeah. is that it? Okay. It's and they're so affordable. And so I go and get that like all the time and, and they'll even yeah. incorporate sometimes like the time massage where they stretch you. And I'm like the most inflexible person. I think they literally like laugh when they try to stretch me, <laughs> but, um, that's all stuff that I think is really, really helpful. And if anything, it does relax me and turns me from that fight or flight to like a chill at some point. So yes, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of it. I love I got that. my little it's like punch card. So many different levels. Yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you for doing that for yourself. Like, yes. Oh, and I just bought a foot massager off of Amazon. So I'll give a shout out to my Amazon. <laughs> and that yeah. was like the best hundred dollars I've ever spent. I literally sit really? every single day and yeah, it's amazing. I'll send you the link. It's so good. <laughs> and it's just like really high pressure foot massage. So it's been oh, really I good. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Feet and reflexology, Self-care. that's a whole other thing. But yes, I love feet stuff. I think it's so important. That's our yeah. base. Everything, yeah. you know, reflects how oh, yeah. good that base is, you know? If it wasn't loud, I'd be sitting here right now doing it. It's not like loud, but it's enough for it to distract me. But I thought about it the other day. I was like, oh, what if I had my foot massager going during our interview? And then I was like, that's I don't a little loud. So, okay, yeah. Tell, All right. Feel free. <laughs> You wouldn't be able to tell. I think our audience would be like, what is that noise? What's All right, noise? we did get a couple yeah. questions in here. It's called self-care. So Hashtag we have Abby's white noise. <laughs> self-care, yes, yes, it's so important. All right, Abby wants to know how beneficial is cold hot therapy for joint pain? I think that's even a question coming up, Abby. Um, but yeah, is tell us. a question us. coming up? Look at how intuitive but she can answer are, it. Abby. I know. Um, okay, that's a great question. So both are good but cold tends to be better when it comes to inflammation. Now, heat is going to dilate the vessels in the area, bring blood flow, 
Um, and in blood is nutrition, oxygen, and all the stuff that we need to heal, right? We need to take the bad stuff away and add good stuff in its place so we can heal uh, and you know, all that stuff can start to restructure itself. So it also causes relaxation heat around the muscles. Um, but And then cold is gonna kind of come back and restrict. It's gonna constrict the vessels and take all that blood that was just in the joint and cooled and nice and dilated and all that gas exchange is happening, good stuff is going in, bad stuff is coming out. Well, now that blood is kind of pooled there and it's just full of all the bad stuff. So that's when we slap cold onto it and everything constricts and everything is pumped away from the area back to the heart and lungs to be reoxygenated and neutrified. Um, and so that it's the hot and then the cold constricts and then the hot and the cold. Cold is much better though at swelling and inflammation. And think about it, when we get inflammation, it's just like, you know, your joint will swell up. It's just, it, that's what happens in an inflammatory response is just everything gets swollen. And so ice really helps prevent uh, that from happening. So again, we want some inflammation, but we don't want it so out of hand that it's uncomfortable or painful to the point of, you know, uh, preventing our utilization of the joint, right? But we need a little bit so that healing can occur and ice is good uh, for keeping inflammation right in kind of that sweet spot. Um, so generally speaking, ice is better for inflammatory pain, but the contrast hydrotherapy uh, which I kind of, that's the fancy term for adding hot and cold, then hot and then cold and doing kind of rotations of that, that is even more helpful than ice alone. Um, so cold first, uh, or sorry, hydrotherapy first, cold, and then hot. That would be like the hierarchy of how effective things are. Um, also again, I'm going to say it, stretch and massage. That's going to be huge for the joint. Anything to just move that joint around get new fluid exchange is going to be ideal. So hot, cold contrast, five hot, two cold, five minutes hot, two minutes cold, five hot, two cold, five hot, two cold, done and on cold, three rounds. We really want to create that pumping. Okay. And if you try it, let me know because I feel like it helps substantially with aches and pains. And it's only like 20 minutes of your day. And you could just be like pain free or significantly lower the pain moving forward. Um, so yeah, if you try contrast, let me know out there. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. Eva wants to know, um, her chiropractor advised against heat from electrical blankets, but to use moist heat. Have you heard of any merit to that? So when we think of electric heat versus like water heat or like a hot pad, let's say like not a heating pad, but like one you might put in the oven or in the microwave, um, that, you know, the whatever substance inside the pad is getting hot. Um, it's, it, it is a different thermal versus electric. Um, so as far as I understand, it's kind of the difference between the sun and a tanning bed for a good example is like they both kind of get you the same outcome in a different period of time, but one is going to have more benefit than the other. Um, that's how I would. Now, if in a pinch, all you have is a heating blanket, like a hot blanket uh, or electric blanket, pardon me, or heating pad, I would rather you um, do that, but if you have hot running water or if you have a hot pack or a hot towel, uh, something like that, that is definitely preferential um, because it's not a synthetic heat and the heat will calm and cool as your body takes on the heat versus radiant heat or electric heat where it continues, right? There's no 
if you put a hot towel on your leg in 10 minutes, it's gonna, the heat will go into your tissue and then the pad will cool down. Where if I left a heating pad on my leg, it would be just the same temperature. And so our body needs to go through that natural process of dilation and then kind of calming back in and then the cold, right? But in electric heat, we don't have that because it's so consistent. Uh, we're not having that bio change, that adaptability in, in the circulatory system. So it's a little different. Um, and I prefer, you know, like the water heat, I guess you could call it like a hot towel or even putting your feet in a bucket of hot water. That's why it's called hydrotherapy. Hydro means water. Um, but again, if all you have is something electric, go there for sure. I'd rather you do that okay. than not do it at all. That's so interesting. Okay. We also had a question on Facebook, which is, um, and Christine, if you're still listening, how can we naturally relieve headaches? Oh, that's a good one. Headaches are kind of like when you asked me about joint stiffness. Um, it's, mm -hmm. you know, so many different underlying causes, but one of the main causes is inflammation, right? Or I should say the issue is inflammation, but what causes that inflammation could be so many different things. Um, so riboflavin uh, is B2 and B2 deficiency has been really high in people who are migraine sufferers. So that's a nutrient deficiency, for example. Um, autoimmune disorder uh, can definitely add to headaches and migraines or migraines, things like that. Um, if you have any sort of trauma or history of neck issues, slip discs, neck shoulder pain, um, clenching of the teeth, just anything kind of in the area that's going to constrict the blood flow going up into the brain. Um, you know, so if you have a tight neck, think of like you have two hoses that are just feeding the brain, you know, fresh blood, you're thinking glucose, energy, nutrients. So, well, if these get pinched off because I have a really tight muscle, like in front of and behind, and so it's kind of closing the diameter a bit, or because my neck, I'm compensating with my shoulder up, that's going to pinch the hose. Anything that pinches the hose prevents blood flow from getting to the brain. Lack of blood flow causes pain, right? And causes headaches, causes migraines. Um, and so <clears throat> we want to really address any structural issues that are impending blood flow. Now, if we're using hydrotherapy uh, to address a headache or a migraine, that's a great way we can divert blood flow from the brain to take the load off a little bit. So we're not like, you know, when you hear that you feel that throbbing pain that your own heartbeat in your head, that's usually because there is some sort of pinch or collapse or, you know, issue happening. Um, maybe it's from inflammation. Maybe it's again from something being tight, but the issue is, is that thumping is there. So how do we relieve it? Well, we have to kind of help get so much blood and tension and everything away from the face. So doing the hydrotherapy where you put, um, and I know this sounds counterintuitive, but stay with me here. You put a cold pack around your neck. Okay. Just to help the inflammation, just short term. And then you do a hot foot bath where you have hot water, hot towels, hot socks, whatever, up until like mid calf. Now what's going to happen. Okay. You put the ice pack on, you have your feet in the tub. Wait about five minutes, take the ice pack off. What's going to happen? All the blood and tension that's stuck here is going to be pulled down because your feet and your legs will be dilating the vessels. They will be asking for more blood because they're in a hot environment, causing pooling and dilation, pulling blood from upper extremities, the neck, the head, you know, things like that, really helping kind of pull back some of that tension. And then 
after about five or 10 more minutes of that, then you put your feet in cool water, not cold, but cool. And it will relieve the tension from the top down. I've relieved a lot of tension headaches this way. It sounds counterintuitive, but I promise it works. So if you try it, let me know. Um, but those are just a couple of things that, that spring to mind when I think of headache and migraine support. That sounds so cool. I've never heard to do that. I love that idea. So thank you. And the way you described it was just awesome. Okay. So talking about like hot, cold, um, there's this uh, leading into our next question. Some people say that if you have arthritis, you can like forecast the weather. So basically on their level of joint pain, is that true or false? Yeah, actually sometimes, sometimes for sure. So when we think about what's happening with weather changes, um, so we think of like air density um, and air density tends to be what? Thinner when it's warmer outside and kind of thicker and dense when it's cold outside. And that air um, or change um, in that is happening inside the joint as well, right? And so if things are going to, there's gonna be more den density and cooler air outside the joint, inside the joint, more space occupying gas molecules are, you know, at a slower velocity. And so uh, any fluid in big joints slows down, the viscosity gets thicker. It's just think of stuff, what happens when it gets cool? What happens to anything? Everything kind of slows down, gets sludgier, thicker, cooler. Um, and that's what's happening in the joint. And that's why it can get stiff. Um, so joints can be red, hot, inflamed, and painful, or they can be cold, slow, low, stiff, and tight. Um, and those are really two, the two sides of the same coin that is joint pain. But yeah, you can definitely forecast the weather if you have bad enough arthritis. If you're, you know, that one knee starts sticking, you know that we're in for a cold front. <laughs> so I'm laughing because I think it's crazy that our body can be so connected to its nature, but it's not really that funny because it is like really detrimental. Some people can't live in certain geographic settings because of their bodies. And so it's not mm -hmm. funny, but I do think it's kind of cool all at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. It explains why there's so many like over 80 year olds in deserts and in the warmer yeah. climate locations. So why everybody wants to come south. Yep. Yes. That's a yeah. Part of I mean, it. I'll probably That's go move to the desert when I'm old too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> Well, give me the heat. Um, yeah, all right, really. the next one is gout. Gout only happens to older people, true or false? Um, I'm gonna say it, it's false just because only, the word only, I think it yeah. typically happens to older people, but not only. Exactly, exactly. Welcome to the world of medical school because that makes it wrong, right? Now, if it said gout um, happens primarily in older people, then we would have uh, a true statement. But because it says only, right, anytime we're doing severity or extremes, um, chances are it's usually not true because it doesn't take into account the gray area. But usually the chances of getting gout uh, do happen the older you get. But unlike arthritis, which is older than 65, right? The majority of people who get diagnosed, gout is actually diagnosed between like 35 and 50 most commonly. So okay. it's slightly younger, um, but it's not as common, um, you know, as arthritis can be in that JIA, you know, the whole juvenile uh, arthritis, idiopathic arthritis. Nothing like that happens with gout as far as they can tell. It's possible, but it's very rare. Okay. We got one more question from Facebook. Can you talk about treatments for a fissure or artificial 
articular, sorry, articular cartilage, cartridge. Oh my gosh, I can't even talk in the knee. Did you get any of that? No. <laughs> Can you talk Can you about treatments for again. fissure or articular cart cartilage in the knee? Articulate cartilage what? In the knee? Of the knee? In the knee? Oh, Does, in the knee. Should they re Yeah. Okay. I was like, hmm. So, I mean, talk more about it in anything particular. The, any sort of treatment for that? Okay. So... Anytime we're working with, again, cartilage, um, we have to remember that cartilage is very rarely can grow back and it's slow and steady. So if you have a cartilage issue and you know for sure because of imaging or post-surgery or, you know, you're just working with a doctor that you have cartilage wear and tear, then I that's when I highly suggest looking into um, injection therapies, to be honest with you. Now, if you have a little joint stiffness and you want to prevent the actual cartilage from being deteriorated, that's when food and supplements can still have a huge, huge impact. But by the time the cartilage itself is already degrading or you're showing like loss of cartilage, um, to me, yes, food supplements for sure. You got to do the background work, uh, but something that can kind of help address it and be a little, do a little more heavy lifting will be those joint injections. So when we're talking about joint injections, the two that I would look up if you are having issues, one is called prolotherapy. Uh, and one is called PRP therapy. PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma. Um, I don't know if you've heard it, Deanne. I know it's super popular out in California, but they also use PRP with a micro pen for anti-aging for face to support mm -hmm. collagen and fibrin. So you can the vampire face. Exactly, exactly. So you know. <laughs> yes, that's know. why they call yeah. it the vampire it facial. Because, up for yeah. A yeah, yeah, exactly. So they call it the vampire facial. It's kind of a two for one because they draw your blood, spin it down, take the growth factors, um, and then it keeps you looking immortal. So that's where they got, you know, the term uh, vampire yes. facial. But you can have vampire joints. No, that's trademarked. I shouldn't say that. Um, you can have therapy, the same, the same intentional therapy done to joints. And instead of, because PRP is a stem cell. You put it in your face, you're going to grow collagen and elastin and skin, you know, you're going to heal your skin. Um, but if you inject it in a joint, you're going to get more cartilage. You're going to get synovial fluid production. You're going to get the bone, tendon, and ligament all repairing itself, right? And so to me, if it's to that point of degradation, then we need heavier lifting. But if it's just achy, painy, you know, eat well, supplements, do the stretching, do the massages, doctor's orders for massages. <laughs> Yes. I love that. Uh, um, yeah. You should trademark vampire joints. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> like that. um, my friend got a vampire facial. I did not. So I can't speak from experience. <laughs> they, they do oh, intrigue them all the time. Oh, I've heard that they, yeah. you've had them? Oh, I, oh cool. well, I will do them in practice and I've had a handful for sure. I mean, I own a micro pen and I, you know, used to do them all the time. Um, I would say about 70% to 80% of people had amazing results. Um, and then the other 20 to 30, either little to no results. It really depends on the person and what I'm working with. Like, what's the quality of your stem cell? Are you smoking a pack wow. a day, drinking a bottle a day and eating fast food all day? The, the richness, the population, the strength of your stem cell isn't going to be as strong as somebody who takes a little bit better care of themselves. Um, they're stem cells at the end of the day, so they're still going to do a little bit of work, but you know, it, it just depends on who that person was and the quality of, of the PRP. Um, so if you are going to get PRP for your joints, 
highly recommend taking a month and like focusing on good health, wellness, and all that stuff, making sure that the stem cells integrity is there and it can do its job for you. Yeah. Oh, that's good advice. Okay. I love that. So everyone, if you're enjoying this, hit the follow button right now and then follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. It's at middle world herbs. Okay. So Dr. Jackie, next question. What's like the most common joint in your practice that's mostly injured? Like what are people coming in with? Honestly, I, shoulder, knee and ankle. I mean, those are the most common. Um, I, I think anything that is I get some hip stuff, but not, not a ton. Um, it's more, you know, like rolling an ankle or sports with the knee, uh, sports with the shoulder or over mechanics with the shoulder, sometimes elbow wrist stuff too, with like golfers mm -hmm. or tennis players, you know, tennis elbows, a thing, golfer elbows, a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's unique to, I think the person, um, but it's usually shoulder, knee and ankle are the most, most common that I've seen. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about our joint support supplements. So this is what the bottle looks like. You're going to get 1200 milligrams of chondroitin, 1500 milligrams of glucosamine and 2000 milligrams of MSM per serving. And Dr. Jackie will help demystify those ingredients in a few moments. But I just want to say it is brand new to our family of products. And with all the work leading up to it, it finally landed here in our Amazon store in January 2022. So the bottle includes 60 veggie capsules and the full dose is five capsules a day. So this is basically a 12 day um, formula for yourself. And that's why it's only $13.99 on Amazon. So it's basically supporting your joints for like a dollar a day. And then I have really good news because you're in this live, you get that additional 20% off. So click that little banner and that's going to bring the price down to $11.19. So less than a dollar a day. Um, but you have to get that while we're live to get that additional 20% off. So let's just talk a few minutes about the three powerful ingredients, the chondroitin, the MSM, and the glucosamine. So Dr. Jackie, um, where, are they, where are those compounds from and what do they do? Uh, really good question. Cause I think a lot of people, especially in the joint world, you kind of hear these fancy words, uh, but you don't always know. Um, and chondroitin is uh, to me, it's a fancy word for cartilage and animals, to be honest with you. Chondroitin is, it's a complex sugar structure, um, but it's produced by the cartilage of animals like cows, pigs, and primarily sharks is where we get chondroitin supplementation. Um, just because the integrity of their cartilage uh, is so similar to us in the way that we assimilate it when we take it. Um, so chondroitin is cartilage, you know, we're just taking what our body needs to rebuild. Um, now glucosamine on the other end is something, it, it's a sugar and an amino acid, uh, that comes from shellfish. So the exoskeleton or the shell of shellfish, um, <clears throat> and because of the integrity of the shell of shellfish, you know, how, how hard and structurally sound it is. Um, that's why glucosamine is harvested from that and how it can help us. And then last but not least, MSM is primarily just from fruits and vegetables uh, and other food products. So things that are really high in MSM are going to be like coffee and tea, which coffee in moderation, I think, but tea, as long as it doesn't have a lot of caffeine, especially herbal tea is going to be fantastic. Um, believe it or not, beer, hopefully that doesn't sound like a free license to just drink a ton of beer. But when you are having a beer, if you do enjoy beer, know in the back of your mind, there is a little bit of MSM that you're getting for your joints. Um, and then things like alfalfa sprouts, really dark, dark leafy greens, like your spinach and kale, 
apples, tomatoes, these types of things have uh, naturally occurring MSM in them. And they're all okay, just awesome. meant to work together to, yeah, support joint health essentially and help rebuild. Okay, cool. And allergy warning for people that does remind me. Um, yes. We are, they're extracting some of this formula from lobster, shrimp, and crab. So if you have a shellfish, a shellfish allergy, skip this one because you would have, you'd be allergic to it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's focus for a minute on cartilage. So what is it? And is it something that our body can easily regenerate? And you had kind of said earlier that it's a very yeah. slow process when we regenerate. Yeah super slow and it's just because cartilage is a flexible connective tissue so it's kind of flexible but it's tensile strength like the way it's woven together think about it when you have like a really loosely woven kind of blanket it's not gonna it doesn't have a tight weave the integrity isn't as strong as something that's woven together really tightly right so cartilage is just that it, it has a very tight tensile strength uh, which makes it awesome at its job but also makes it hard to heal right so it just keeps joint um joint motions fluid, you know, nice and smooth as we do different things, walk and talk and lift and move. Um, and it just coats the surfaces, like I said, of the bones of the joints and cushions them uh, against different impact. It's like the shock absorber of the body is cartilage in our joints. Um, and like I mentioned before, it's just so slow and steady if you get an injury in the cartilage. So you really want to stretch, you re pre and post stretch, pre and post hydrotherapy if you can. Uh, for joints to prevent that kind of injury, like a cartilage tear. But yeah, you know, without going down that rabbit hole again, it's super slow and steady, but it's possible. Okay. Yoga, lots of yoga, hot yeah. yoga, cold yoga. I don't know. Yoga. All the yoga. Um, okay. So all the yoga, <laughs> all of it. Um, so with the joint support, with the MSM, the glucosamine, the chondroitin, who should and who should not take this? That is a great question. So when it comes to, I think it kind of goes without saying that, like you said, anybody who's not vegan, right? Or anybody who is vegan, pardon me, if you're getting a supplement from an animal source, it's not a vegan source. So if you are vegan or plant-based, just be on the lookout. Um, you know, there is new research that there's chondroitin coming out from fermented microbes. Um, but, you know, science still hasn't supported that uh, super strongly right now who knows what the future holds. So they are working on vegan products like this. Um, so that's just something to be concerned about. The second thing, like you already mentioned, which I was going to mention is the shellfish allergy. Um, don't take glucosamine or any derivative of any shellfish. If you do have an allergy or sensitivity. Um, also glucosamine has been shown in some people to increase blood sugar or blood glucose. So if you do have type two diabetes or diabetes at all, uh, or prediabetes, just make sure if you're going to take something like glucosamine, pardon me, if you're considering it, just make sure to talk to your doctor first so that you can get approved from them and make sure it's safe um, because we don't want to mess with blood sugar if you're working on managing that. And then last but not least, uh, it interacts with blood thinners and certain cancer meds. So if you are on something like warfarin, coumadin, um, something like that, or if you're on um, doxorubicin or any uh, other cancer drugs, be really careful when you're taking anything like um, glucosamine or chondroitin or MSM. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Well, one of the things that you get when you buy any of the bottles are these cute little whispers. And basically it's a positive word or mantra or inspiration because we, we really believe that healing is not just physical, it's also emotional. So mine here says a body in motion stays in motion. But you get a different one each time. And one thing to think about is just 
And I want to ask you, Dr. Jackie, with joints and mobility, is there a connection between our emotions like stress or anxiety and joint health? Yeah, I think that um, just because we're inherently, you know, the mind-body connection is an inherent link. Uh, one affects the other and like and vice versa, mm -hmm. right? When our body is going like fighting illness, it can affect our mind. Uh, when we're 